Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, locked up at home, and I'm joined here with Chris Wesley. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm also locked up at home, uh, <laughs> doing the telecommuting thing, uh, you know, which, uh, again, John, you, you shared that, that. That's kind of your life, even though you, you hit the road uh, to visit parishes with Parish Success Group and everything. Um, the rest of your your time is telecommuting, uh, working from home. So uh, uh, if you guys are ever on our live shows, you see uh, John's setup um, is pretty consistent because that's his home office for me. I'm trying to figure that out, you know, and uh, I'm sure that many of our listeners are trying to figure out what their, you know, office situation looks like, especially if they are not used to it. Um, and, you know, I was I was almost thinking, do we change the name of this podcast from the church podcast to the virtual church podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we helping should. you do virtual ministry better. So, like, you know, maybe we got to revisit that. But uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, while a lot of our ministry is virtual, there are things that are still going to be in person. Like if you are at home, your domestic church, you know, if you have roommates, um, you know, or housemates, it's it's being pastoral and, and the church to them. So uh, yeah, church is more than a building and we're learning that real quick right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of buildings, John, one of the advantages of not having um, things open is the fact of how much people are gonna save on HVAC, you know, with their uh, church facilities and how much they might save on like, uh, uh, well, toilet paper, you know, <laughs> and light bulbs <laughs> and things along those lines. And that's good news for a lot of churches because I know one of the big stressors that um, people are having, whether they're the pastor or the youth minister, is how are we going to fund this thing? How are we going to make sure that we don't lose our jobs or that when this is all said and done that we're not closing church buildings down um, or our parish staffs down? Um, so there is a lot of fear. And uh, we want to tell our listeners fear not because that's one of the topics we're going to tackle today on the church podcast yeah the reality is giving is is gonna dip for for everybody because we are dependent on the weekly offertory uh and although a lot of people give online um the percentage is still not that high yet uh you know and so there are a lot of people who will still use their envelopes and and give uh on the basket each sunday when they're there except now you don't have mass and now they're not there. And so are they giving? Are they mailing in that money? Are they online giving? And so the reality is parishes are going to take a hit. And, and, and also the economic, the external economic factors, we know that people are going to be hurting in terms of their own salaries and stuff like that. And one of the first things that falls off of people's radar is, is any charity giving that they give. Right. Uh, and so there's kind of a twofold hit, right? We we have kind of, the economics of it all where people are, are, are losing job or don't have as much income. That's a reality. And then second of all, we don't have mass that people can't give. And, and so this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the strategies around that. And again, as we've said in previous episodes, there, this is an opportunity to, uh, to, to get people to, to give differently in a way that uh, that's, that's quite honestly, it's going to be better for us in the long run anyways. And so we're going to take a hit. There's no doubt about it. Parishes are going to take a hit. And, and unfortunately, some of you parishes, we're going to have to make some hard decisions. And that is, I understand why church ministers are, are, 
are fearful at this moment in time uh, about that. Uh, and so one of the things that we have to do as church is start reconciling that right away. Uh, and so that's, that's going to be the topic of our podcast today. Money, 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 yeah. money. Money, money, money. Well, and, and the one thing that we can have faith in is that there are going to be other, you know, if, if you're worried about money, I'm sure that I'm hopeful that um, after this, there will be things like stimulus packages and tax breaks and things that come back, you know, to help one another, because I think this current situation is forcing us to work together better, right? Um, and, and so even though you might be afraid of what's happening financially, this is where you have faith in God. And when you have faith in God, right, he's going he's gonna to provide. He's going to provide in ways that we might not recognize. And for a lot of us, yeah, it might be letting go of things that meant a lot to us. But uh, in the end, faith in God means leading to something greater, too. So, um, so granted, this isn't like a how to get, you know, rich quick, you know, or a guaranteed, you know, way of uh, surviving, um, you know, the next couple of months or everything. But uh, what we want to do is create a conversation of things that we're seeing, um, things that are working and things that are key, right? And so I, I think, John, the first place to start uh, would be setting up online giving. Um, you know, there are several churches, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that the majority of parishes, at least in this country, who are listening, have some sort of online giving already set up, set up whether it's through an organization like Faith Direct or Planning Center or something like that, where um, people are uh, entering in a credit card or, um, you know, bank account um, routing number and each month they are, or week they're contributing, um, even though they're not putting in an envelope or writing a check. Um, and I think that's, that's something that if your parish has not looked at, you need to do like now, like set that up right now, because while the postal service is still going on, um, you know, again, <laughs> you don't want to like bank on uh, mail coming in on time and then having to make deposits and things like that. Um, and plus with money counting and, and so forth. So uh, I would say move to as much online giving as possible. Yeah. You know, just just kind of a note around this is that although we're doing this topic in light of the coronavirus uh, crisis that we're in, this is this what we're talking about here is going to be a best practice throughout in, in good times and in bad. And so mm -hmm. um, this is really going to be timeless in the sense that, you know, we should be doing this regardless. And that's the thing. And, and that's the problem with good times, Chris, is that we fall into a uh, we fall into a, a comfort zone that's like, mm -hmm. oh, things are going to still remain good, you know, and, and, and how quickly we forget what happened in 2008 right and how that really changed things and that's what was only 12 years ago and yeah. remember that recovery you know and these are very different situations right this is a natural disease what we're dealing with right now uh the other one was was just poor economic structure so it, it's very different i'm not about to guess what's going to happen in terms of long-term short-term whatnot but it took quite a few years to get out of the 2008 thing but we've already forgotten about it because the times have been so good. We've, those of us who have retirement accounts and stock markets and things like that, we're like, oh man, I've been making a ton of money, you know? And I just read recently the stock market is, is less than it was four years ago now, right? You know, uh, you, that's the reality of the stock market, right? And not everybody's in the stock market, it doesn't matter. But, but we can't fall into a false sense of security in the good times, which is why we always need to be planning for the potential bad times because it, again, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's always a matter of when. It's always a matter of when yeah. it's going to happen. And everybody, many economists were saying, and they weren't predicting the coronavirus, but many economists were saying we were due for some sort of slump. 
Uh, now this was probably much more than they bargained for, you know, so, but again, this idea that this is going to be timeless. Yeah. If you don't have online giving, now's the time to do it. And there's so many, like, I, I'm not even going to bother to go into the different tools. I can't tell you how many online giving platforms there are, uh, you know, and, and they all have different payment structures, you know, they, cause all this stuff will take a small percentage, you know, of, of what's given online for them. That's their business model. Right. You know, uh, but, but the gold standard is online giving regular. And, and Chris, I don't know about you, but this is how my family gives regularly. Now, I, I do online giving actually through my bank. Where I do, it's a bill pay. You know, and so where basically I have it scheduled. It goes out every month, forever and ever, and I don't have to think about it. You know, and so right. uh, we send up our checks and it just happens. And my bank takes care of it and, and it sends it in the mail and, and then they've got it. You know, uh, that's the gold standard because it guarantees income. Whether I go to mass or not, whether I think about it or not, it's automatic. And so my church and the other charities that we're a part of, they just give. It's automatic. So, so online giving, all of them have, uh, you know, all these online giving platforms will have uh, either buttons, that, easy buttons that you can put on your website that, you know, connect them to a page that that will use your your logo and your facebook skin or not facebook your website skin you know to to make it happen uh and and, and it's automatic and you set that up right away but more so than that chris because i agree i'm going to assume most parishes have that already we need to be comfortable to communicate with folks that we still need money right yeah. okay yeah. So I was at Matt before my church canceled masses. Uh, I went to mass one last time and we were already in the midst of this coronavirus thing. And, and the, uh, our pastor who I love dearly does a great job. He we're now we're doing a video video announcements before mass and he'll have a little thing, right. That happens every mass. And so, so he did his things and, and he talked to finances. Uh, but one of the things I'm like, ah, oh, you shouldn't, he, he apologized. He's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to talk about finances. Um, you shouldn't apologize. Let me just start there. You shouldn't apologize. This is how business works. This is how church works. You still have bills to pay. We're paying salaries. We're, although, we, yeah, you're right. Maybe we're not running the HVAC systems enough or not, you know, as much, or we're not using toilet paper as much. The reality is there's still a ton of bills that churches need to pay, even though our churches are closed right. uh, and we're not doing anything. <clears throat> So we've got to be able to, to give. And so I think first and foremost, we've got to figure out how to communicate, how do we communicate uh, to folks and via email is going to be the easiest way to do it. Certainly social media. Uh, and, and first things first, don't apologize for talking about money. Okay. Right. Don't, because that just makes us go, Oh, can you talk about money? When I wasn't thinking that until you apologize. Well, and the other thing is, what do we have to apologize? The church is not responsible for the coronavirus, you know, like, uh, you know, your business isn't, well, John, give me a, a funny look. No, it's not responsible for the coronavirus. I'm just thinking about the conspiracy theorists out there who might come up with a reason why the church is responsible. <laughs> Darn it, John, don't drip doubt into people's minds. But anyway. Um, sorry, sorry about yeah, that. Like, no, yeah, so you are not responsible right. for this pandemic. Um or at least your local parish is not responsible for it. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, John and I had talked about doing this uh, subject, um, you know, uh, a while back, but one of the things that really kind of uh, stuck out to me was an email I got from the local YMCA um, in Maryland here. Um, and uh, a letter from uh, the director of the Y in Central Mer 
Maryland wrote an email to all the members saying like, dear Y members, and in bold, the first sentence is the Y in Central Maryland needs you to maintain your me membership, exclamation point. And he goes into, uh, in his letter, just talking about the impact that it's had because all the, not just the gyms, but the after school programs and all these things have been forced to close down because of the um, amount of people that can congregate in one, in, in one place rule. And not only that, but, um, but uh, they've talked about how they've had to, what cuts they've made. They've had to furlough uh, all these people. They've had to, you know, shut down all these opportunities and different things along those lines. But then at the same time, he's talking about what they're doing as a result, right? And so as a parish, like when you communicate to your parishioners, like, hey, listen, we, we still need you to give online or we still need you to support our parish because, um, because if, if you don't, we're going to disappear. And that's actually the verbiage they used in the, this email was if you don't, the why will disappear. And, um, and after that, you know, the church will disappear. In the meantime, this is what we're doing as a staff. We're re regrouping as a staff to talk about what we can do to continue to serve you. And these are some of the things that we're putting in place, virtual mass, daily devotionals, virtual youth nights, things like that. Right. So, um, and even if you don't have all those like ideas yet, that's okay. But just say as a staff, we're regrouping to figure out how we can continue to serve you and your family's needs during this time. Um, but please, you know, please don't forget about us. And if you can continue to support us in, in the ways that you, that you have, because while certain industries and John, you shared this last episode, like, you know, the casinos in Vegas are shutting down, right. And people are losing their jobs. There are going to be other industries that do profit in this. Like in times of crisis, it's not that everyone goes bankrupt. There are people who will profit. There are certain jobs that will be secure, you know, and not that you target those people, but there are some people who can continue to give. There, there are some people who might not have given before um, that might start giving because they do love their church and you don't want to see that go away. But I think it's important, again, just to repeat what John said, don't apologize. Be be clear on what the need is and uh you know and don't don't be afraid uh to to ask because um money's still there it's just in different places that's right and, and i'm looking at my own financial situation for instance and i'm just one example like we have not taken any sort of financial hit uh at this moment in time now maybe that could change but we're pretty we're feeling pretty secure you know at, at this point kind of where we're at however our expenses have gone down you know, mm -hmm. because I'm not driving anywhere now. My preschool was closed. And so, and they're mm -hmm. not making us pay tuition, which is nice. The other question is I'm worried about what they're doing with their staff. And we have, we have emailed right. that because we have great teachers. I didn't want to lose them. So I said, thanks for not making us pay tuition. But what do you do with your mm -hmm. staff? Like I said, I wrote a nice email. I haven't got a response yet. But anyways, uh, but I've saved, I'm saving $1,000 this month alone on preschool and daycare, right? And so there is, the, the money's still there, right? Obviously, the, the problem is, not the problem, the challenge is people wait to give when they come to mass, right? So now is the ideal time to help people change their habits. So Chris, I love what you said. You create a sense of urgency in this message um, because you still have to pay the building stuff, even though you're not using as much right. HVAC, there's still building costs. The facilities and personnel are always the top two costs uh, of any organization, including a church, right? And so 
there are literally livelihoods on the line. Chris, you work for a parish, right? You know, and, and you have thought this through. It's like, what if, what's going to happen? And it's gone through your mind. I imagine that's gone through the mind of every church staff member at some point. If it hasn't, I'm sure it will, right? Or because we just suggested they <laughs> not need to think about it, right? My bad. <laughs> so, oh, John. Uh, I know. I'm such a force of hope and, and joy in the world today. So, but, but exactly your point. Here are all the things that we're still doing and uh, to reach out and to support you guys. And so connect with all that. Our staff is still working. This is not an extended vacation. Uh, you know, and, and we encourage you to give. And, and online giving, give the link to online giving, right? Uh, and then the second thing that, that I recommend is bill pay. I already mentioned that. I do bill pay. Give people that suggestion too. I like bill pay because I have more control over that than, than kind of the online giving. That, that's, that's me, John Ronaldo, control freak about his finances, right? So, um, you know, give people the option, but walk them step by step. Part of, some folks will need some instructions on how to do that, especially folks who are a little bit less tech savvy. Uh, mm. And so that's where I think in this email communication, be clear. How do you set up, you know, the online giving and give some steps, maybe even give some screenshots of what the screen looks like so people will know that they're heading the right place, you know, um, that, that they're gonna, some folks are going to need some guidance, especially our, I'm not saying all older parishioners are not tech savvy. I'm not saying that at all, but the older parishioners often are our bread and butter in terms of our giving. And so mm -hmm. we should, um, we should focus in and make sure that they know how to do this. But the other thing, quite honestly, if they can't do those two things, encourage them to mail in their envelope. <laughs> That's like the last thing, right? You know, right. And, and we can all do that. Please still mail in your envelope, you know, every week or once a month, whenever you can you know, and do that. So those are the three strategies I would say we need to really encourage it. But again, this is the gold standard. You get people giving automatically, you know, that when the downturn does come, you're still getting those checks. You're still getting them money, you know, and, and it's a gold standard for all nonprofit organizations is online giving monthly automatic contributions that you set it and forget it. And that's what you want all your parishioners to do, set it and forget it. Yeah, you, you mentioned like how much uh, money um, people are saving, you know, and I'm even thinking into the summer, you know, it's like, I, like, again, we don't know how long this is going. But right now I'm holding off on, on signing up for summer camps, right? Like I'm holding off on, uh, I'm saving money on, on some of these trips we planned in the spring, you know. Um, so it's not that I'm swimming in dough by any means. But um, there, are, you know, the other thing is, actually, John, um, my wife and I have switched to um, food delivery systems because it helps us not go to the supermarket. And actually you save money when you do those things. So from an individual standpoint, um, you know, as parish staff, look at, your, look at your own spending habits and budgets and, and, uh, and, and you'll find that there are certain things that you'll uh, trim down on. You'll save on gas, right? You'll save on uh, repairs on your cars and everything because you're not driving so much. So there are ways to cut back, but at the same time, you know, your parish is saving, I, you know, I was, communicating with our business manager uh, just the other day because he had questions about things that I needed to do. And I, I said, Mike, you know, really like since our fiscal year is July 1st, I have a hard time seeing um, our youth ministry really spending on any, anything right now, you know? Um, so if that money needs to disappear or go towards, you know, keeping the building open by all means, you know, take, take most of it. I mean, this is, these are the only things that I think I might need. Right. Because, uh, 
yeah, uh, we're saving on confirmation mass, you know, um, because that's not going to happen next weekend. <laughs> you know, we're saving on um, on some of our uh, uh, programs. You know, we're not ordering pizza. Uh, our fellowship of where we order donuts and, you know, um, coffee and all that kind of stuff, we're going to be saving that. And that all adds up. That all adds up. And so, you know, before you start saying, we got to let go of staff or, you know, things like that, look at the, look at your budgets because there's a lot online and it's free. And the nice thing too is I don't think a lot of people realize this, but with all the advancements in technology, it's getting cheaper and more affordable and better as, as time goes on. I mean, I was looking at live streaming cameras because, you know, we're um, moving to virtual mass and everything like that. And if you go to like something like Mevo.com, it's $300 for a high quality camera that automatically streams to different like platforms, right? So, you know, if you are looking at going virtual and everything, it's going to cost a little bit of money, but not nearly as much as it did like five or 10 years ago when I was at Nativity and we were looking at virtual, you know, streaming masses and stuff like that. That equipment was expensive. And now it's like a fraction of the price. Streaming services, there's so many free versions. If your church has like a G Suite, you know, you don't have to sign up for Zoom or, or Skype or anything like that because G Suite comes with Google Hangouts, which is free. Uh, free services a part of that. So what I would do is look at your resources and start calculating the costs and, and just re readdress them. And, and yeah, outside of paying people um, uh, and, and maintaining the building, there's a lot that you'll save um, by changing the way that you do programming. Yeah, that's right. So take a deep dive into that budget and, and make those adjustments now because all of us are going to take that hit. Every parish is going to take that hit because it's going to take, it's going to take a while for, for, online giving to ramp up or to, to build those new habits in our parishioners. So we know it's going to happen. So take that deep dive, cut out anything that's non-essential at this point, because again, your doors aren't open. There's a ton of stuff. So I imagine, I can I mean, imagine what percentage of the budget, you know, can be cut right now, but basically from March on, you know, your, your budget's going to be bare bones skin because you're not being able to do any of this stuff. So that's step one for sure. I agree. And if you have to go through your parish right now, collect all the toilet paper that there is and sell it at a premium, you know, uh, because <laughs> then you can make a little extra cash because no one, no one's using your toilet right now. Right. Like, like we'll stay out of the rectory, but like in the church bathrooms, no one's using that uh, toilet paper. So, um, I don't know if I agree with that strategy. Maybe, maybe give it away through your pantry to those who need it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, if, if, <laughs> if you want to get creative, right? <laughs> if you want to get creative, if you want to get creative, you know, like look at that stuff. But I, I don't know. I find church toilet paper to be, you know, single ply or whatnot. It doesn't work very well. John, we are, <laughs> we can't be picky. We that's cannot true, be true. picky. These are my tough bad. times. You it's know, hard. So. It's hard. I'm trying to change my habits, but it's hard, Chris. <laughs> yeah. All right. Seriously. Uh, this is not time for two ply. So anyway, um, <laughs> Enough oh, toilet man. humor. This, this, yeah, this yeah. literally right. went down the toilet. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, it, like let's just let's just play not worst case scenario, but let's let's say this starts going into the summer, and you know we're looking at the fall, and uh, you know we we mentioned this in the previous episode of like don't plan your fall to look like how it did last year, you know. Um, because uh, one, we, we just don't know what the impact this whole situation is gonna have on, on culture and, and things like that. But 
I'm thinking about things like how much money churches can save on like books right now, because, um, you know, there's so many virtual resources and you could do your catechesis throughout the summer or now, like by um, downloading or purchasing these um, digital tools that are far cheaper than, and I know publishers aren't gonna like us saying this, but like, you know, they're far cheaper than the physical books, right? That, that, that people are ordering. Um, you know, looking at um, just how many YouTube videos, and again, people are gonna get so creative out there, John, I'm, I'm excited about like how many DREs, youth ministers, um, parish workers are gonna create content on like YouTube and Vimeo and, and whatnot that's gonna be free or affordable that parishes can start looking at. Now, let's kind of talk bigger picture here. Let's talk beyond, you know, coronavirus. Obviously, online giving is the gold standard. I already mentioned this, but but you kind of bring up this point of, you know, we often charge for VBS and children's formation, sacramental prep, and there's a need for that. I understand that. You know, and one of, one of the visions that's out there, and I'm seeing it more and more, and I'm talking about with clients, is how do we get stewardship giving up enough so that we aren't charging more for for registration fees or sacramental prep and things like that right because you know I, that's that would be an ideal vision of how a church operates like you know we we have so much giving happening because we're providing all these great resources for folks you know ministry is going well our liturgies are awesome our summer programs are just engaging we're creating disciples you know, whatnot, that we're doing this so well that people give more and more and more. That's, that's what it should be, right? You know, the more, the more you provide for the needs of families, the more they'll want to give, which is why I think now continues to still be an opportunity because if now, especially when your church is closed, you're still serving your families, how much more are they going to be grateful to you and your parish for what you have done. And, and when it comes time to do your annual stewardship talk and encourage people to give a percentage more, they're going to be like, yeah, the parish really supported me when we were all locked down and in quarantine or sheltered in place. You know, that, that's, that's the idea, right? You know, again, this is opportunity. So yeah, do we need to focus on the immediate financial impact? For sure. But think long-term too. Don't be reactive, be proactive, right? You know, and say like, I serve them now. And this is, this is self-serving to be careful of this, but, but it's also true. I serve them now, but when things are more, more back to normal, right? That they're going to realize that the church served through this time and, and hopefully will want to continue to give and maybe even give more. And you know, that's one way of looking at it. Jesus is okay with that. Cause that's the parable of the dishonest steward, right? Like if we remember that story where, there was a, um, a dishonest steward got busted by his uh, master and he said, all right, you know, go to all of your uh, clients and collect all the debts because you're done. And he goes and, you know, he makes a deal. He cuts the, you know, uh, cuts a deal with uh, different people at this level and this level and this level because he does, does it because he knows that down the line when he needs them, they're going to take care of him, right? That he's closing out those debts and everything. So you know, it's, um, it might feel a little snide or, or whatnot, but really like you are building up uh, relational capital, you're building up trust, you're, you're saying this is how the, you're communicating, this is how the church is dependent on you, because, uh, or how the, you can depend on the church, 
And, and that is so essential because, yeah, we would love to get to that place where you're not charging any money for Vacation Bible School or faith formation or, you know, any of these different events that you're doing because you have enough um, uh, uh, money from what people are giving. And I know that might sound Pollyanna to some people, but really, I think it is possible. I think it is doable where um, we, we get to that point. And, and another key part of that and reason why you want to strive for that is because there are so many people um, who look at church as a, an exchange right now, right? As a service exchange. And that's why people give us a hard time when we cancel certain events because they're like, well, I gave you money to make that you know, spaghetti dinner happen, or I gave you money to make this, this camp happen. And, um, and why can't like, now you're, you know, now you're charging me more. Like how many times have we heard that, right? When we raise the prices on vacation Bible school or faith formation, you're charging me more and everything. If people were giving and tithing and doing it out of a, a act of worship, we wouldn't have to worry about those, those conversations in the same way. Absolutely. And imagine a world of no second collections. That's the conversation I'm having with churches, right? I know Chris gave a face just now, you know, imagine a world with no second collections because the expectation is we only do one collection. It pays for everything. And we as a church tithe 10%, right? Of everything that we make. And, and that 10% goes to all these second collections that we have missionaries of this and CRS and whatever else might be out there. Right. You know, um, that would be awesome, quite honestly, because I would love to get rid of second collections because I, I can speak for myself, but I know people I know, every time a second collection rolls around, there's an eye rolling. And it's just like, oh my God, here's another one, right? Because I feel like we have a second collection, like, you know, 75% of the weeks that we're at mass, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. and not just second collections, but poor boxes too. Like just yeah. as a church, if, if we have enough money, to and it's given just in one way you know just through that offertory you know then that's something that yeah we we can cut down on those things and if people want to give to direct charities then that's where you teach about worship offerings right like you do your tithing your direct offertory at the local parish but if there's an organization that maybe isn't affiliated with your local church that's when you do a worship offering in that regards and you're but you're teaching people that you're teaching people about tithing and things along those lines yeah absolutely yeah. We're probably going to have to delve in deeper with that topic in a future episode because there's a lot of places that we can go with that because that is a, a pretty crazy vision. Uh, but I, quite honestly, the direction that we should go. And, yeah. and, and I'm seeing, and we're seeing parishes that are doing that. And when I talk with clients about that, they're like, yeah, we would love to move to that point. I'm like, right. Let's, let's make that as part of our strategy. So anyways, yeah. more on that later, but again, we should be thinking about finances during, during this time online giving, bill pay, getting creative, how, how we communicate this to our parishioners during this time. You still need the finances, even when you don't have masks going on. But again, this is an opportunity. We should come out of this crisis different than when we went into it. And this is one of the ways that we as church are going to come out of uh, this crisis differently, is how we do giving and how we do stewardship. Uh, and we're going to be better off for it. Amen. On yeah, the other end amen. of this. Um, Sounds good. good. Sounds good. So if you uh, have more questions about this, uh, feel free to reach out to John and I. Uh, you can reach John. John, where's a good place to reach you? 
Yeah, check us out at parishsuccessgroup.com. All of our information is there. Uh, you can reach out directly to me at uh, john at parishsuccessgroup.com or connect with me on social media as well. I have some fun on, on Twitter and Facebook. Too. So John Ronaldo. Awesome, awesome. And you can find me at all things Marathon Youth Ministry or go to marathonyouthministry.com. Uh, you can also find us at thechurchpodcast.org or shoot us an email at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. And we would love for you to um, listen to past episodes and leave us reviews, especially a five-star review on iTunes um, or uh, Spotify. So definitely you can listen to the podcast there. Um, but please know that, that we're praying for, for you and praying for the church as we go through this time. And, and know that you're loved. And uh, at any time, do not hesitate to reach out to us because we want to walk with you through this period. Uh, let's close in prayer. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to um, talk about trust, Lord, trust in you. Because um, while we, we need money to um, pay for things, to pay the bills, to fund staff salaries, Lord, we know that uh, we need you even more. We need you more to uh, figure out ways that we can evangelize, that we can catechize, that we can bring people closer to you, Lord. Um, and so I pray that even though there are financial needs right now, even though there are financial fears, that we put our trust in you, that we uh, not worry about how things are going to happen, Lord, but that we focus on the fact that you've got this, that you've got a plan and a vision. And God, so I pray that we listen to that vision, that we hear that vision as we move forward. God, thank you so much for walking with us, especially during times like this. We love you in your name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.